Jason, as it is every single week, today's episode of Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to you by our good friends, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I feel confident enough. Uh-huh. I love those guys. They're, they, they are. They're awesome. They're awesome. They are, they are good people, good, good members of our community, and, and you know, they provide the best place to do stuff for your home. That's true. And you know what else they're going to do? They're bringing you the future. The future is already here. If you go to our friends at Budget Blinds, it's automation. Automation. You know those automated shades? They provide a safer environment for everyone, especially your kids. You get rid of those cords, those cords, they're bad things. Right. They, they do provide a danger. Pets are safer. Uh-huh. And here's the fun part. I mean, like, safety's important, right? But are you ready for the fun part? Yeah, well, really, let's, let's sell it. This is about laziness. Smart home features are about laziness, right? The future is me sitting on my couch doing things far away from my phone. And my shades, my window treatments, up, automated, programmable. Down, open, closed, boom. If you want to add those features to your house, do you know where you can go, Jason? I'm going to wait. I'm going to guess. Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Go visit them right in the heart of downtown. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who will miss Martin Maldonado, but is ready for Bubba time. You know, you're you're not wrong. I'm saying. Well, you miss them all. I you, do. I mean, like, I get emotionally attached to Royals players. Even ones that we brought in, like, six minutes ago and are gone in, like, ten minutes after that. And, and even the ones, look, 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 even the ones during the bad years, the dark years, even those players that really were lacking in talent. I grew attached to them. They're my team, man. But Bubba Starling is our ray of sunshine. We hope. Well, at I least mean, look, a ray of sunshine. A, we'll ray, a ray of sunshine. But hey, we'll, we'll miss you, Martin. That voice you hear, of course, is Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit, the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today is the beer that is waiting for us at the end of this podcast. It is Tuesday, and we are recording for Wednesday's episode. And, Jason, you have been promised a beverage after the show. Ta-da! Hey, let's go through a couple of things this week. I don't think it's going to be a real long show, Jason. There's there's not a lot going on. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to pick your brain about that I think are interesting. Uh, it's nerdy for me and you, and I think there's a few other people who will be interested in talking about this process a little bit. But before we get there, um, as a member of the Lee Summit Arts Council, I feel obligated to pass on a little bit of information. If you are... Uh, running a an arts organization or you're an artist now now is the time to apply for grants from the lisa Summit arts council Woo, free money so, so if you go to the uh city of ls.net to the city's website and you go to the arts council section you can find grant applica- applications there and that will run through august 1st all right so that's a good one the other thing that's going on and we've mentioned this one before that it is the coming on the 30th anniversary of downtown lee summit as an organization and they are looking for photos videos and memories to help tell the story of downtown and they want to build a collection that helps document the events businesses buildings people and all the things that have made downtown lee summit a, a, a very special place and i think you and i will agree that we've both think that lee summit downtown lee summit 
is a very special place to us. It, it really is. It, it, it's it's a gem of our community. I think I think you know we 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 use the term right in the heart of the city, but that that is what it is. That's, it's kind of it it's a hub. There's a not just economic hub, but it's it's a cultural hub. It's it's there's buzz around, and and really there's no more fun place to be, Jason. Absolutely. So if you have those sorts of things, videos, stories, photos, ideas, things of that nature, submit those to info at downtownls.org by Friday, August 7th, 2nd, sorry, Friday, August 2nd. Um, and you can uh, you can also mail a physical copy to the office in downtown itself. And if you send physical copies, they will make sure they get back to you, so you don't have to worry about losing them. I'm going to say I this. I like how you give Donnie and the staff extra I'm, work there. I'm going nice to say this. They are responsible folk running the Main Street office, so you will get your things back. Do not fret jason let's dig into to the heart of the show now uh you had something come before you on planning commission last week that i thought was 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 interesting the the topic itself probably wasn't that interesting it's 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 a residential development which you know we see lots of those come into into lee's summit but the conversation that came out of it was really one about infrastructure and about taking a part of our city and updating it, modernizing it, and who pays for that? Is that is that a something that we we expect developers to always pay for? Is there a chunk of that or all of that that the city is responsible for? And this is an ongoing conversation and process between the development community and and the city about where that balance lies and who's responsible for what. Can you kind of fill us in a little bit? I guess kind of start us off what we're talking about and then how we how we get into that conversation sure all right so this is um, this was a proposed project and it is still in the process so I'm not going to get too much into the the pluses and minuses of the project itself because it, it will come back before the Planning Commission before this is all said and done but yeah, this really isn't about the project itself I think right. I, I think what 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 struck me and, and, and you as interesting was that 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 extra piece of it because there are there are parts of our community all over that are in dire need of some some upgrades right some sewer upgrades and things like that short version is at the intersection of olive and orchard just south of chipman road um and just a little bit west of douglas um and in in an older part of and what we call old lee summit itself there was a proposal to put in uh 36 townhomes on some acreage the the short and long version of it is that the city has a an unimproved road policy and essentially it says that if you are in a residential area and you want to do a redevelopment or a development that you need to make sure that the appropriate the roads are meeting what they call an urban standard and that that's short basically for curbs gutters and underwater underground stormwater you know pipes does that include like width of road too because I right it, the roads get a little bit wider in this case the roads those roads are about 20 22 feet wide so just if you have a car parked on either side you really only have room for one car to really safely or conveniently travel down and so those are they're they're very slow small residential roads and so to, that would expand that to 24 feet 26 feet to create a little bit more space create some rooms the residents talked about how Fire trucks and school buses had difficulty navigating that particular intersection. Um, they talked about the the issues of stormwater that they suffer from, and that 
is a little bit separated from what goes on on the on the project site, but we'll uh, go with that. So there were all these issues that that the the residents came and said we have these problems and we're worried that this project will exacerbate it or not make it better. Um, so as part of the road policy, the staff said as one of the conditions that they want that that the developer would have to improve olive from Chipman down to Orchard and then Orchard from Olive to Douglas because um, those are the ways that people would access that site. And that's about 3,000 linear feet of street and that's a really big expense to tack on to a developer. That is not a uh, small amount of road. Right. And so what what one of the things that was raised and one of the things that I said at the time was that that, you know, it's a question, is it fair um, it, there's two, I think, two sides. Is it fair to put that large, especially as a percentage of a project, infrastructure burden on a developer? And the developer said that if that were the case, that they couldn't do the project. It would not be economically feasible for them. But on the flip side, can we, in good faith, put a project in that doesn't have, that, that doesn't address these really important lacking infrastructure pieces that these people are suffering from because the addition of curbs and gutters a little bit wider street the the proper storm water management techniques on the on there would have a, a real material impact on the people who live there well and i think that gets into the conversation of responsibility right so is that the responsibility of the developer to to bring things up to modern standards or is it the responsibility of the city to keep to get things to that standard so that it attracts new development in. Right. And I think that's that's where the conversation about balance and responsibility really comes into play. Right. And the city has a it, you know this is standard for the city. I mean the, so the city And I think it should be it should be noted that this is standard in just about every right. suburban when, municipality. When a developer comes in, they're expected to bring the infrastructure around them up to snuff. The you know the the apart the downtown apartment complex has to address the stormwater and the sewer issues that might stem from putting all of those residents in a hundred year old neighborhood and or any of the apartment complexes. The streets of West Pryor have to deal with all of their stormwater and make sure that the roads are done and they're doing extra stuff to manage the Lowenstein Park that's right next door to enhance that. To and allow and to, to do things that, that minimize the impact around their their project as a whole. So this is normal. Where does where does and I might be jumping too far ahead in this. Where does scale of project play into that? Because you you, you just you mentioned the the downtown apartment project. You mentioned streets of West Pryor. If you're talking about those along with this proposed project that came before you, and again, I don't want to get too specific on it because it's mm -hmm. it, it probably coming back, but those aren't apples to apples comparisons. One is one is you know a few hundred million dollars, and one is a few million dollars. Right. Well, I'll give you. So obviously, the larger the scale of a project, the more willing they are to take on larger pieces of infrastructure. And in many cases, they're also willing to ask for incentives to help pay for some of those infrastructure. So the downtown apartment, obviously the parking garage was a required piece of infrastructure um, that they're dealing with through their the TIF and the, the other in incentive projects that they've got. I'll give you one example that has come through Planning Commission and is actually up on the, the City Council for second reading, I believe this week, is the proposed ARIA um, 
apartments that are going to be just north of Colburn on Douglas slash Lee Summit Road. They're sort of across from the airport. Um, that northwest corner, right, right? That northwest corner. So the the way the street improvement road thing would be is it would have required the developer to improve and put sidewalks on both sides of Douglas slash Lee Summit Road for the entire length of their project. Well, the opposite side is the airport. And so there's not, you know, they, there's an argument to be had. So they wanted to do sidewalks on just one portion on the development um, and, 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 but not, and not on both sides of the street and all that. And, and I believe if I recall correctly, planning commission put as a condition that they had to have sidewalk and gutter on just their side of the street, but for the entire length of the property, all the way from Douglas up through where that, where the apartment complex is going to be. Right. And and what city council will do with those requirements is up to them. But those are the those are the questions. So those are balances that can be found. But those large projects, like a large apartment complex, is spending significant more money than a one small town home. And but I think that the question is, is at a certain point you reach a point where, in a situation like this, if we take the developer at their word, uh, which you know is always a little dangerous, but we'll we'll take them at their word that the that cost would make a project unfeasible and they wouldn't do it. Then you have frozen a situation where there is no chance for redevelopment or improvement of an area without some sort of infrastructure investment. And that's where the city has to come and make those decisions um, there. So it'll be interesting as it finishes winding its way through planning commission and eventually up to city council, how the city council wants to address that um, going forward. Right. And I think, I think it's important to note that, um, there really isn't a, a right or wrong answer. We don't we don't know, but it, I, but it is just something I think for people to to understand that process, and and, and the the weighing that that the council and the development community have to do. And 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 you you hinted at this a little bit. We're not going to get into it today because I think that's a whole other hour or so conversation. But that also plays into the incentives request that we right. see. And those and I just I think it's important for people to to note how those processes work and the things. That are being considered by our elected officials and by our our appointed commissioners like you, um, because we do end up having then the public we can come up you know and they make they make their talks and their points about how incentives play and and how different developers need to do certain aspects of in, infrastructure development. So I think it's just important that people people know that process and what what things are being considered. And I would say that stormwater is one that just is a real bear. That was something that the city neglected for a very very long time and now a lot of these parts of town all of district four all of district four downtown lee summit if you look in the the old downtown area there are very few there are a lot of sections of that that don't have curbs or gutters they're ditch-based stormwater treatment it's problem it is legitimately problematic and and how the city is going to address those and and promote development at the same time is, is a real tough question I think what I want to do now, Jason, is I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. There's there's one other topic that I, I mean, it's not a hot topic in the community right now, but I think it's I think you know with our our one of our goals is to to help keep people informed on things, especially as they head to uh, the ballot box. And there is an election coming up in a few weeks. There is one item on it. It is a general obligation bond issue for the city. This is not the sexiest thing in the world, Jason. And they're not asking for bond money to do some 
development. Well, there's no infrastructure development in this. This well, is Well, I mean, you could argue that the fire stations are infrastructure. I guess yeah, okay, you can make that argument. This is mostly a public safety. You just mentioned mentioned fire department. This is mostly a public safety. This will affect the fire department and the police department. This is to replace two aging fire department fire stations and this is to provide some updates for the police department headquarters and training facility and the courts and then provide some other things like body cams for for the police department jason i, I we've talked about it a little bit but i think i think you should set this up again this came this is being put on the ballot because the city has has an obligation to to keep a bond going Yes. Okay. So it's it's an interesting because of the the intricacies of uh, Missouri's constitutional law, the Hancock Amendment, some other things of that nature. Um, it it is useful for the city to maintain a certain level of indebtedness as sort of an ongoing thing to help fund capital projects and what have you. And if they drop too far below, then they have to go to – they're not allowed to, to work within those ranges without doing a um, – what would be considered a tax increase. And then that has a whole different set of issues. So the August 6th is what – and you, we've all heard this language before, a no tax increase bond issue. Essentially, it's just rolling over some debt to do – we've done a bunch of projects with a certain amount of debt. We've paid it off. Now we're going to do some new projects with this debt. We're just going to roll it over. And it's no change in – our milled rates for for the for our property taxes right your taxes will not be raised because of this right and it's important important i think always always to note that what what i think is a little interesting i guess just based on recent history and and all of the issues that have gone before voters recently mm-hmm. there really isn't a lot of chatter about this one um certainly there's i i have heard almost no voices against this issue there are some voices for there is a a political action committee friends of lee summit that is that is out encouraging people to vote for this the lee summit chamber of commerce has issued a news release saying that they are they are supporting the bond issue as well as the lee summit economic development council and i think it would be fairly easy jason for us to come up with reasons all the reasons why why to support it, and we're going to have someone from Friends of Lee Summit on next week to talk about it, and why, and we'll, we're going to ask them why. Why is this a big deal to you? Why is it worth a, a, a pack putting money and effort behind it that, that that they do? What I want to ask you, Jason, is is what what should a voter be considering? What are there are there cons to this? Are there things are are there issues in that 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 make you consider whether or not it's a yes or no vote? You know, I. I think there's obviously there's a subset of the population who will vote against any sort of a tax issue at all. Like they don't want to they they their rule is they have a bright line rule we're going to pay less taxes if it if it purports to keep them the same or increase them I'm against it if it's going to reduce them I'm for it. Um, but those are those are not people that are certainly not looking at the the issues uh, critically um, and or just as soon I mean just as as if someone were to say well. And I don't know who this would be, but sure, if the city thinks it's a good idea, we're for it, right? You know, just no matter what, we're going to go for it. So I don't think those are. are I think there are nine people on a dais who would love to meet that person. Yeah, they they, (laughs) they'd all fight to have them in. Hey, move to my district. So, um, but and so you're right. There has been, and and to be fair, most of these these 
known tax increase bond issues have passed with pretty overwhelming margins. You know, often 60% are two to one uh, margins. And, 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 and in our city's past, especially when you attach public safety, we have a very high standard in this community for public safety. Mm-hmm. And and so generally when those things come up before the voters, we, we, we tend to pass them. Right. And so I think if you were looking for areas to to critically evaluate, you know, is the you could get into the concept of what's most of these bond issues are for capital type projects if, if we call it you know so they're they're infrastructure like things new fire stations i think fall into that your acquisition of land building buildings those are capital investments whether or not body cameras fall into this and the question came on the the prior when we had a, a year or two ago there were new uh, air tanks for the for the fire department now that bond issue once again passed fine but i think there's a question that could be raised is is that the kind of does that qualify as the kind of capital expense that we would traditionally think of a bond issue being for um for instance the school district's bond issues you know when they do a bond issue for a capital improvement they're not buying supplies for the classrooms right they're buying buildings and refurbishing buildings and structures and and things of that nature. So you can raise that question. Um, You and I have both heard a little bit of rumbling in small amounts. I mean, not in any significant that the, the process by which we got to this bond issue was less inclusive of public input than we've had in the past. It was very council driven. Um, you could argue it was very mayoral driven, but by all means, it was ele- certainly for the electeds were the ones that it was from the dais, right? It was from the dais, and they they pushed that process through um, without a huge amount of input. And I think in the past there has been at least the perception that there has been a little bit more of a groundswell from groups like Friends of Lee Summit and other people in the community of things that they wanted to achieve that put them behind those things coming on the bond issue ahead of time not on the back of time. And and I think there was some discontent uh, would probably be the best way to put that with that part of the process. And I think that's I think that is a, a valid issue to take for some people. I think Lee Summit has a history of citizen involvement, of of citizen groups, whether they be organized PACs or not, of pushing those kinds of agendas and bringing to the attention of our elected officials, here are some projects that we really we really want to see done so that we can we can continue to evolve and grow as a community. And and look, nobody can argue the last 20 to 30 years, the kind of growth Lee Summit has seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those are, I think, are some of the ones that we've we've heard. Um, I, I'm going to raise a slightly different one. I'm not sure they actually are wanting to spend enough money. That was going to be my next question to you, because you, you, you brought that up that when you were talking about the procedure that they could have asked for more and they could have added other projects does do the regulations from the state constitution do they require you do a certain amount no i think it's just a function of maintaining a a bond rate uh, which maintains the mill levy that we charge you know so it's the percentage of the value of your home that we charge you for for taxes and to i think that the amount that they wanted to do they needed to get above a certain amount just to to keep within the bandwidth that they needed to keep the mill levy steady, essentially. So it is, I would call it probably an aim at good governance by keeping things in sort of a steady state without having sudden, you know, obviously there's been a lot of chatter out there in the news and the public about 
the appraised values of homes have jumped up and not as much out here in Lee Summit, but in a lot of places in the in the county, appraised values have jumped and that causes a shock to a lot of budgets, especially people on more fixed incomes. Um, and there's been a lot of consternation about that. We want to avoid that. You know, that's kind of like a, an own goal or shooting yourself in the foot. Right. If you reduce it, then you go, oh, wait, but we have these infrastructure needs. And then all of a sudden you have to pass this bond and it's going to increase people's taxes. People get are less likely to vote for that than they is. And it, I don't remember the last time that the city asked for an increase in in the the bond, the tax amounts to, to do that sort of a thing. So it's been a long time. But the. You know, to tie it back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, several years ago, I think it's actually at the same time that some of the that the Legacy Park edition was done and some of those, there was a bond issue. Part of the bond issue was for improvement of Orchard in downtown from Douglas East to Independence. They added, they widened the street, they added curbs, gutters, sidewalks. They had it, all that stuff was on there. And it it made a a huge difference. I lived in the neighborhood at the time. It made a huge difference in the walkability of the neighborhood. A lot of downtown, which is the most walkable piece of our community, doesn't have sidewalks. And so then you've got kids walking in the streets or, you know, diving in and out of the ditches or things of that nature. And that's not a really good environment for encouraging the kinds of pedestrian action that we want to see so they could have if they had looked forward enough to do that or someone had raised this issue you know looked at a bond issue to do that work on the west side of orchard and perhaps even the olive done and and done some of if not all of that preparatory infrastructure to allow for the development that we're looking for on these projects um and and that would encourage more housing development in this old part of downtown, which is something that, you know, the city has had as, as one of its goals for some time. Um, and doing it without having apartments and tall things is just to infill a lot of the pieces that we've got there. So, well, I think that, I think that ties, <coughs> I think that ties back into what we, what we were talking about at the very beginning of the show, which is responsibility. What is the responsibility of the city when it comes to attracting developers in? Should they use these kind of bonds then, like you said, to, to modernize, to, to upgrade, grade some of the area so that it will attract more development is that is that the best use of that kind of funds and is that is that a priority for a city well and I, I think that you you know there's multiple questions right the that we had another bond a no tax increase bond issue that did a lot of put a lot of money towards doing some stormwater workout in district four on the east side of town and it was something that uh, then council member mosby was very passionate about getting passed uh, and and got passed and, and put onto the bond um, and and that work is being done and so you know there's not necessarily that's not going to necessarily gin up a whole bunch of new development out that's all that's areas around that have been relatively well developed with single family subdivisions they're not going to change but it has a significant improvement on the quality of life of those residents well even if you're not really pushing for development Improving the quality of life of the residents along Olive and Orchard is something that's worth doing potentially and bringing those neighborhoods up to these modern standards will have an impact on those people will improve their property values as well as, um, you know, hopefully in many cases eliminate or significantly reduce the amount of uh, stormwater and flooding issues that they may have. Well, before I get to, I want to ask one question then to set up the, the next one. How often 
does does the city need to do this process? I think they do. It's almost annual. I think they have a number of bond issues that are running on these five and 10, 15 year cycles. And so it's not every year, but it does come up on a fairly regular basis. And, and I don't have, uh, I'm sure that we could find someone in the city who could give us a, a great detailed chart of when all of the bond I, obligations come. I need go. my red phone straight to city manager Steve Arbo's desk. Yes. Like, hey, whenever I have Steve, a question. Give me a chart. Give me a chart. That, 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 that neither one of us have the answer to for that. I just want to be able to, to phone him in and, and, and we get an answer. Is that, so, our, is that our Arbat phone? That's, that's our Arbat phone. I like it. I, well, well done. Well, I, well, the reason I asked that question is I think then that I think is is the thing maybe you and I are putting out to, to listeners and to residents is think of all of these things and projects that you think are important for quality of life, for attracting future development, so that maybe then the next time the city starts thinking about these these bonds and what projects they should put before the voters, maybe there can be that 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 kind of ground up push that that some say wasn't there this time around. Right, and this may be you know this project on this um, with this particular development may be the spark that that pushes some of that. You know, we put forth some money for those kinds of improvements for our unimproved, developed but unimproved roads that we've got in, in Lee Summit, especially perhaps in downtown. So, yeah, I think that's something and, and it gives the if that's if it's a project that you think is worthwhile, then you can give that voice. And and as we have learned, individuals have a lot of power when it comes to uh, influencing our elected officials here at the city level. So it's it's worth doing. Well, that's what we like to say, because really, Jason. You have no more opportunity to affect change than you do right here in our own backyard. And as we lead up to this election, we, we, we hinted at it earlier. Next week, we're going to have we're going to have someone on from the Friends of Lee Summit show. So we'll, we're going to ask them a few questions about about this bond issue and, and why this group is getting involved. And, and as we know, the political action committees have have access to to people and money to really push these issues. So we're going to talk a little bit to that person and that group. That's going to wrap up our show for this week. We will be back on Friday with a Friday conversation. Jason, are you you ready for this? You're not going to tell me what I want to know. No, you're not. I'm going to tease you just a little bit. A local best-selling author. Really? But now I just want to know who it is. I'm not going to tell you. you got to tune in Friday on the Lisa Town Hall podcast, and then you'll find it all out. Today's episode of Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to the good people of Lee Summit by Shred KC. Also good people. They are good people. You know, we are lucky, Jason, in that our our sponsors and partners that we, we've been able to work in, and now uh, we've done a lot of episodes, Jason. I know. Let's we've, not talk about we've that. We've done a lot of episodes, but we've been lucky to work with some really good people that are doing good things, and I'm just going to tell you right now, the folk at Shred KC and owner Ryan Waters. Not just good for everybody else. It's good for me, Jason. And now it's good for me. We've finally gotten down to the, the core of the subject matter. What's good for Nick? <laughs> What's good for Nick is good for everybody else. I, I think that's I think that really is is the crux of all of this. I, I I was not a fit. I'm still not there. But I was not a fit and healthy guy. And I was I, I, I knew I needed to make a change. I was nervous. I was hesitant. And I just finally made myself go in and ask, and they've been 
very, very supportive in helping me come up with, with a, a meal plan and making better, healthy decisions as, as I eat. And I, now I'm even starting to work out a little bit now that the, now that the broken wing is healed. I'm going to get there pretty soon. You're going to go look at those 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 are, posters, are you gonna and it's going to be me. Are you going to be lifting double-digit weight, double-digit pounds? I'm not there yet. Okay, well, let me I'm know when not, you cross that particular I'm not there yet. Down. No, no, the, the arm can get me to seven pounds. Well, that's something. I mean, you had a big, you had like a, you were building up and you had a huge setback, and now you're back, you're, you're climbing back up. I'm climbing back up, and the scale, the scale is climbing back down. So you can't beat that so look, if you are ready to to make some changes to try to live a little bit more healthy lifestyle, go see our friends at Shred KC. Tell them Jason Nixie. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.